0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are two freshman students just wanting to join God Use Chess
1: Club. I'm Matt Johnson, and because of that, I would be ranked last on God Use superhero ranking list. And I'm Austin Terry, and this show never quite matched the level of 2005 Sky High for me. I agree, and I will keep saying this until the day I die. It's been almost 20
0: years. The fact that Sky High didn't turn into a franchise, it's always made me sad. You remember Kurt Russell was in that? Yeah, As what was their name? Wasn't it? It was almost like Homelander. Oh, a stronghold. Something stronghold. (laughs) Wow. Kurt Russell, come back, please. I think he had a son named Bunker Boy. Bunker Boy. Wow. I miss Bunker Boy. Um, uh, We'll have to do a Sky High, just a random one-off episode one day, but not this day, because on today's show, we're back to the world of the boys. We reviewed season three last year, and we still have another year to go until season four. But we have the spin-off with Gen V over on Amazon Prime to hold us over for a little bit longer. This one retains the hard R tone of the flagship show, but mixed with a more young adult vibe and cast. The premise is, at the Gadulkin University School of Crime Fighting, young adult superheroes put their moral boundaries to the test by competing for the university's top ranking and a chance to join the Seven. When the school's dark secrets come to light, they must decide what kind of superhero should we become. Let's go ahead and get into it. Austin, give us a quick reminder of where you kind of stand in
1: general with the boys and then give us your non-spoiler thoughts on Gen V Season 1. Yeah, I love the boys. I would say at this point, I'm a pretty big fan. Um, I think Season 1 and Season 3 are the best. Uh, Season 2 is definitely a step down, but they did nicely recover with last year's Season 3. And I was excited to go into the spinoff. The idea of like a Harry Potter type school set in the violent world of the boys was super intriguing to me. And I thoroughly enjoyed this show. I had a great time with it. I think this would actually rank up there with season three of The Boys for me, like in this universe. I thought it was so good. Every character I found compelling and interesting. They had really cool ways of bringing in side stories with the main story. I never felt like we wasted any time. They raised some interesting moral questions, like a villain in this show might be someone we're rooting for in The Boys. Um, I kind of enjoyed the flip of following superheroes as our protagonist for once instead of just following humans who have kind of been at the mercy of these soups for so long. Um, And then just there's some fun college student moments in this show, too. So very thoroughly enjoyed it. Can't wait to get into all the twists and turns. And I was pleasantly surprised how much the show is going to impact the future of the main boys show as well. So overall, it's a high, high recommendation for me.
0: Yeah, and I think. A great thing about this show is it really could even stand on its own. I think if I hadn't seen The Boys, I still would have really enjoyed this show just as much as I did. I loved it. I thought it was a great time. What a fun binge! I'm glad I kind of waited until a lot more episodes were out before I kind of finally came around to it because that was just a great quick watch. Um, Yeah, but I'm with you. It's really nice that The Boys season three ended up being such like a good season because I just got so excited for Gen V, whereas season two, like you, I thought was a major step down. And I think my favorite thing about Gen V is like one of, how do I say It's like one of my least favorite things about the boys, even in season three, which I loved. It really does kind of feel like that had the boys not become such a major smash hit for Amazon Prime, that would have been a three season thing and then done like with a beginning, middle and end. Because we always laugh. It's like, so you're telling me in the pilot of season one, you introduce this concept of like, all right, we're doing this team. We're the boys. We're going to kill superheroes. We take out Translucent pretty early on. And then they just kind of, spin the wheels on the bicycle for (laughs) three seasons after that. They keep having to introduce ways to make it like harder for them to get their mission done. Sometimes like, well maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And then it's like later, they're like, by the end of the season, yeah, we are gonna do this. And it's like, wait, this is where we (laughs) were three seasons ago. Uh so that's kind of annoying about the boys. It was awesome to get something like Gen V, which felt like they were, you know, it, it was back to the good old days, so to speak. Like we were getting tons of intriguing moments. It felt like so much was happening. We were really like getting Like a great strong premise and it just kind of barreled and moved forward um, with lots of like twists, turns, great character arcs, fun moments. Um, And by the end, I was like, wow, so much happened. That was so great. A lot more happened than I thought it would. I can't wait to see what the implications this could have on the main show. And I cannot wait even more maybe for Gen V season two. Hopefully, like fingers crossed, it doesn't like get to a point where like we're in Gen V season three and we're saying the same thing. Like we're kind of doing the same things. But this was such a strong start that I feel confident going forward. And I just, yeah, had a great time with this one. And I think I'm with you. I think if season three of The Boys is like my favorite, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would tie it. But I don't know. Any day of the week, I could even see myself putting this as number one. I had such a good time with it.
1: And I'm with you. I think this show totally can stand on its own. But I also thought they did a great job of integrating Elements from the boys to make it feel part of the universe. Like Mm. Vought has a very organic role in the show, of course. There's even superheroes that come up in the boys that you see in this one. Even like the director of the Dawn of the Seven movies has a role in this one. So everything that's like makes sense and like feels very natural and lived in comes out very well in Gen V. So really enjoyed that, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. So there you go. Glowing recommendation
0: from us. If you have not started Gen V yet, maybe you're thinking about it. Maybe you're a fan of the boys. You're like, "Eh, should I try the spinoff? Maybe you're still just kind of easing into that world for the first time. Definitely check out Gen V. I think you're going to have a great time. Um, But yeah, with that, I think the rest of this conversation is going to be pretty spoiler filled. And like I kind of already alluded to, there's a lot of fun stuff to kind of ponder and talk about. So go check out the show first and then come on back for the rest of this episode. We'll be waiting for you. All right, everybody. Welcome to Spoiler Territory for all things Gen V. Awesome. Let's get into this and start us off like we always do with some cast, crew, and critical reception talk.
1: All right. So Gen V is developed and created by Craig Rosenberg, Evan Goldberg, and Eric Kripke. Kripke, of course, is returning from the main The Boys show. It's directed and written by a large group of people, too many to name hair, but a lot of them are returning from The Boys as with some newcomers as well. And our score for the show is composed by Matt Boehm and Christopher Lennertz. And then for our cast, we got a lot
0: of people here. We have Jazz Sinclair as our lead Marie Moreau, Chaz Perdomo as Andre, Lizzie Broadway as Emma, Maddie Phillips as Kate, London Thor and Derek Lou as Jordan, Asa Germain as Sam, Shelly Kahn as Indira Shetty, Patrick Schwarzenegger as Luke Reardon, aka Golden Boy, Sean Patrick Thomas as Polarity, Alexander Calvert as Rufus. We got the great, the great Clancy Brown as Brink. Then I'll just run through it real quick. We already talked about it. We got some fun little cameos and like kind of side roles here of people returning from the boys, including Matthew Edison as Cameron Coleman. PJ Byrne as Adam. Layla Robbins as Grace Mallory. Elizabeth Shue as Stillwell, Jesse T. Usher as A-Train. Colby Minifee as Ashley Barrett. Chase Crawford as The Deep. Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. Claudia Dumit as Newman. And of course, I think we all saw it coming. But yes, you do get some appearances from Carl Urban as
1: Butcher and Anthony Starr as Homelander. So, Austin, who should we call out here, positive or negative? I did think it was funny that Carl Urban comes in to literally just say cunt, and then the show ends. Like, that's all, (laughs) at this point, that's all he's getting paid to do in this show. My main highlight, though, is Austin German as Sam. I thought this guy was incredible. Um, He has kind of limited screen time and then becomes a main character at the end. But the way he goes from confused and, like, childlike to scary and intimidating, I just thought... He played that so well. I was really getting some like young Evan Peters vibes from him. So thought he was great and he like made me root for him early on, but then his flip in the finale I thought was so scary too. So thought he was fantastic in this role.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think my two main ones, I think I'm gonna go Lizzie Broadway as Emma. Just thought she was such a fun, cute, adorable character. And then she has kind of an yeah, just so like so enjoyable. But then she kind of becomes more integrated into that main plot that you're talking about. And by the end, I'm
1: very excited for where she could go. I really hated her moment, though, like crying her heart out in the finale. And that's why she got small. Like, I just thought yeah. they kind of wasted that for her character.
0: Yeah, I guess they were like going, oh, she does have other ways to do this. But yeah, I kind of agree. A little bit of a weird final moment. I just
1: Like the last time we see her is her crying over a boy. which just felt yeah. wasted to me.
0: yeah. Uh, speaking of scary characters like Sam, I thought Maddie Phillips as Kate, ooh, equally scary by the end. Yeah,
1: her turn at the end was great. And
0: then uh, I don't, you know, we're not usually negative these days, especially if we're talking about someone we really like. Uh, I feel like we're not as often to be like a negative when it comes to like the cast and crew. But I did want to pose a question to you, Austin, because it did kind of uh, come up for me. Um, I, lo- I think my favorite character was probably Jordan, But I kind of felt like London Thor really outshined Derek Liu as the character. So when you have two that play the same, I was a little bit like, ah, kind of, yeah, maybe a little bit sad because I love that character, but I I didn't think Derek Liu was that good. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens next season. (laughs) Well, you know what each of us thought, but what is everyone else saying? What are the critics saying out there? It uh, turns out Gen V has received critical acclaim, which was fun to see. It has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. For reference, The Boys season 1 has an 85%, season 2 has a 97 as well, and season 3 is the highest, just by a little bit with 98 So that makes this one tying for second place with the critics. The site's critical consensus for this season of the spinoff is just about as gruesomely subversive as its origin series. Gen V builds on The Boys in occasionally chaotic but overall inspired fashion. The characters' humor, main storyline, and performances of the cast particularly of Sinclair, Broadway, Phillips, and Germain were praised. However, there were some negative reviews out there kind of criticizing some of the writing moments, which was funny we kind of just brought up in regards to some of the characters, and a little bit of the pacing. So anything stick out to you there?
1: I think with the pacing, the only thing that I really found wasted this season was the whole, like, Tech Night storyline. I just yeah. thought that time could have been allocated better. Um, but then as for, like, praising the writing, I was really nervous when I started the show to find two of the main characters with, like, body harm as their superpower but i thought they handled that really well and it never got like cringy or taboo or anything like that and it wasn't always perfect like we
0: said because like one of those characters by the end it's like oh wait maybe i don't have to do that to use my powers like i don't have to purge but then the way they show that is like oh i'm crying over a boy and are we supposed to be excited like oh wait maybe she can control this but (laughs) it's hard to be excited over that moment (laughs) but i see what you're saying for sure yeah
1: and also the reveal that Marie is, with her powers, is connected to Newman as the head popper. thought that was yeah. sweet, too. I thought that was really cool. Um, Yeah, I'm, a, I'm always curious what Newman's up to. I think she's
0: going to have an even bigger role in season four, and I'm excited to see it. Uh, but with that, let's kind of just get into it. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's get into our freeform discussion, the main part of our show, where each of us just kind of brings in a couple points, some things that we want to spend more time on, Austin. So what do you think we should start with today?
1: So the premise of this show is, what does it look like if you go to college for superheroes in the universe of the boys? And I thought that served as a great backdrop for the season, but we didn't get a whole lot of like everyday life as a student, what it's like to be going to the school of crime fighting. It kind of did follow the background very quickly to get into our main plot. So were you happy about that? Or or did you kind of want some time just living in this world and seeing what it is like to be a student here?
0: It would have been cool to get a little bit more. It kind of felt like that was the point of the pilot. Like the pilot episode has tons of moments where like characters are meeting each other. And kind of like all those stereotypical scenes you would expect from things like this, where it's like, oh, here's the cute scene where the roommates meet each other for the first time. It's like, oh, and now it's like Marie maybe came into school thinking that she wasn't going to be like some, I don't know, like have like some huge relevance to maybe like the top 10 list on God, you or whatever. But then certain things happen. She gets thrust into that position. And now like all the cool popular kids that are ranked really high want to hang out with her. So it's like. Hey Marie, come with us. We're actually gonna like like get out of here. We're gonna go out and like drink and like you know. So like that stuff like was kind of cool to see, kind of how that would function in, like a superhero world. But once we get uh, the end of episode one with um, Golden Boy killing Brink and then uh, killing himself, it, it kind of feels like the rest of the show is now. Oh, this is gonna be very like story focused. Gonna be less about kind of the intricacies and ins and out of a college life. Was I OK with it? I think so. It would have been nice to get some other moments, but I, th- I think they did a good enough job throughout kind of weaving in, I don't know, like what else could you say, like campus protest type stuff that you see uh, at colleges in particular, like social media implications. Uh, so, so they did still have some of those moments, but they always seem to function more in regards to the main story as opposed to like, hey, check out this cool thing. This is how we're kind of weave in superheroes and kind of college life. But it did hit more than it missed for me.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing that was a little wasted and maybe forgotten about was the idea of this top 10 list, because when they introduced it, I was like, oh, that's kind of scary and cool because like students are going to undermine each other to move up that list if it benefits them. And you get a little bit of that, but I thought there could have been a little bit more like conniving from the rest of the college class to maybe pull some of our characters down and try to get themselves up on the list. Right. I guess they kind
0: of, by the end, you could say that with maybe a character like Emma, she kind of functioned as this character that never really wanted to care about, I mean, she didn't come in caring about the list really at all. It seemed like she was coming to God you, like, for different reasons. Like, she didn't have any, like, desire to be, like, ranked as high as possible or anything like that. So I guess it was kind of cool that we had, like, one main character that really was never in contention for the list or wanted to be there, so it kind of made them function a bit more normally throughout the show. But then, of course, that changes by the end whenever they get kind of a swept up into this whole main story, but that's true. I I think I would have liked to see a bit more with the list because, yeah, I guess I didn't really think about it, but by the end, of course, we have the flip where uh, most of our characters get blamed for Sam and Kate's actions. But before that, pretty much all of our main characters are in the top 10 list, and it's really not discussed all that much.
1: I did love the flip with Golden Boy of like traditional typecast roles where he's the number one student and he should be a bully and a douche. And he's actually a pretty nice, likable guy. I I was happy that we got like a different role from this type of character.
0: Yeah. And even with his power set and the fact that he was number one, it really felt like it was intentional to kill him how they did at the end of episode one, because he was in our minds, he was going to be the Homelander. He was supposed to be like maybe the big bad of the entire season. And of course, he's not perfect. I mean, some of those scenes are hard to watch with him and Kate and flashbacks, like with like the treatment of Sam. But at the same time, it's like, what can they really do in that position? So there is some fucked up stuff, but it was kind of pleasant by the end that, yeah, seemed like he was a pretty decent guy for the most part, even trying to kind of flip Sam back to the good side. Uh, And like, he's so disappointed. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that character. And there
1: was enough kind of a thrown in there flashback wise, too, to give us a glimpse of that, which was cool. Do you think we will see... Kate and Sam on the seven in the boys, because that's like the end goal of this university is if you graduate number one, you go to the seven. And so I I was actually kind of excited when they sat that up of like, oh, am I gonna see a character join the seven and then maybe be a main character in the boys as well? I mean, that was kind of my initial thinking. And especially now,
0: I mean, hasn't the joke been for like the last two seasons of The Boys that ever since Translucent Die, which they reference in the show, that there's only been six members of the boys? So they ostensibly could add two people. Um, but yeah, I don't really know why it wouldn't be them. The only reason I could think is if they don't add them to the seven yet, then they could have a much bigger presence in Gen V season two, which is probably what they want. They probably want those Gen V characters to stick around on that show, but I would go ahead and write it down. I guarantee you're going to see Sam and Kate in season four of the boys, probably not like a major role, but maybe they'll be like, they'll have discussions about getting on the seven and then maybe it'll be like, oh, you're still too young. You're almost ready, but. Don't worry, you'll be on the 7 one day. It could be something like that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, like, you know, surprise us and just throw them on there.
1: Well, and I did see the creators came out and said season four of the boys will pick up directly where Gen V leaves off. So that's exciting, too. I know we mm-hmm. touched on this a little bit in the beginning, but these worlds are heav- heavily intertwined with each other. Did you like how they used everything? Anything else stand out other than what we talked about in our non-spoiler section? I mean, really like kind of like I mentioned, I do think this
0: show does a good job of standing on its own. I think if you hadn't watched The Boys for whatever reason and just kind of jumped into this, maybe like the more like young adult aspect uh, was intriguing to you. I I think the only time that you would be lost is just like with certain cameos. You'll just be like, oh, who's that? But um, I still think the show does a good job of like – it's kind of like you get your cake and eat it too. Like I've seen The Boys whenever I would see – you know, characters that I love watching. Like, I can't get enough of The Deep, as you know. I think Chase Crawford is so (laughs) fucking funny (laughs) as The Deep. Uh, I'm, like, really excited to see that. But I think, like, the way the cameos are handled are also, like, sometimes scary, sometimes funny. So it's like, I think you'll, like, get good stuff out of it anyway. So that was my favorite stuff was just seeing familiar faces and just knowing how that ties into the world of the boys. I think we all knew that Anthony's star was going to show up and it was probably not going to be until the finale. And they didn't waste it. Um So yeah, I don't know. I didn't need all these cameos. They probably could have made a great show without it, but I'm so glad they were there. I mean, it was just awesome to see like our characters meet some familiar faces and how sometimes scary that can be.
1: Yeah, I think the best thing about how they use the boys is a little bit like I said in the intro, but it it really is just to make the world feel lived in. They're not directly relying on any characters from the boys to make the Gen V interesting or give you a reason to watch. They are letting it stand on its own. Um, And I I also really love seeing some of these characters pop up. I will say that with Homelander, They must have done his blonde hair dye a little quickly this time around because some of that Burnett was peeking through. Yeah. (laughs) It was a little
0: bit funny. Um, And now now that we're talking about it, something – I mean, honestly, maybe the thing that has the most implication – like it was cool, like I mentioned earlier, to see Newman pop up. I think that's always an intriguing character mainly because you never quite know – You know their motivation, but you don't know what they're going to do to achieve their ultimate goal. Like, will they be complicit in killing superheroes like Homeland, or will they just, like, suck it up and work with them in order to get the power they need to do whatever they want? But I think because of that, the two things that stuck out to me as being really intriguing elements for season four might even be the main element is this superhero killing virus that would ostensibly kill everybody. And that was a great moment with Newman because you're like, so – is she going to utilize this or not? looks like maybe not. But then we also have other characters like Mallory that finds out about it from shedding. And is like, that's a genocide. It's too far. We can't do that. But if Billy Butcher were to find out about that, we see him in the mid-credits scene kind of checking out in the woods. Maybe he somehow gets a hold of it. So it's very intriguing what some of these, like you mentioned, what these implications could look like later down the line.
1: And Mallory, of course, was on the phone with somebody. I'm assuming that was Butcher. So he may know maybe. about the virus as well. Newman's role I thought was great. Even more than just a cameo, like she has a pretty meaningful arc in this storyline, especially with her connection to Marie, with their powers and all of that, I thought was fascinating. I did also find it really interesting how a character like Shetty is introduced at the beginning of this show as like, we think of her as just another Vought corporate person. Then we learn more about her. She has a lot of the same motivations that Butcher does. So if, if she was a character in The Boys, we might actually be rooting for her. But in this show, she is set up to be kind of the primary villain. So I found that flip very interesting.
0: Yeah, that that was probably the best part about this being a show focused on the superheroes because that that flip and feeling as an audience member was so, like, interesting to watch, like, as each episode would start and finish. Like, I felt the same thing, like, in The Boys, like, isn't this what we would want, I guess? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, because it goes back to the age-old question. It's like, yes, there are some good-natured superheroes, like Starlight, for example, but – it's that whole thing of like, but look how many bad ones there are. But it's like, but then, yeah, genocide is, I mean, that that is, that is way too far. This is not the solution just to just put a virus out there and kill all of them. But you are right. It would have been interesting to see what a character introduced like that in the boys, how he would feel. Because here it's like, no, fuck her. She's like the main bad guy because she's like just willing to murder all these like young kids that like we're rooting for. And like they're also torturing them and like keeping them locked up in like cages and stuff. So it's like. Yeah, it was fun to watch the flip going from like a show about main people trying to kill superheroes to a show about keeping these superhero characters that we like safe, I guess.
1: I do find it funny when you think about the boys, though, how there really is no room for just like a normal person. Like there could have been an opportunity in this show, I think, to show a teacher actually trying to teach superheroes how to be good people. But instead, like all of the professors are teaching you how to boost your social media profile or how to get a contract to the city to be a hero or you have someone... Like Brink, who is also using the woods, but he's using it to boost people's powers. So there's like no room for anybody to actually try to be like a decent person, I feel like, except for Starlight in this universe. She's like the only one.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. I guess that's kind of the power that Vought has in this world. I mean, if they didn't exist or they didn't exist to like the level they do, I bet there would be like tons of teachers at schools like this that like would just be earnestly trying to maybe help these kids and there wouldn't be classes on like, like you said, like on how to boost your social media following it wouldn't be about <laughs> that. But I guess that's kind of that, that looming presence that Vought has is so interesting in this world because it seems like most people like even like regular people, they they Vought is like Apple. It's like that big company and like most people like it and engage with it. Or like
1: Amazon prime.
0: Yeah, that's true. And they're just this huge media conglomerate. Um, but you know, we, the audience kind of get a peek behind the curtain. So it's really that, They are pretty scary. Uh, It's It's like we talk about the seven and like, you know, like the more overt scary things, but we can't uh, forget about Vaught as a whole. I mean, that's why I think you're probably not getting as many like good natured people out there trying to do the right thing.
1: Because we've already touched on it. I did really love Shetty's character and her arc, but I also think it could have been interesting if we did have her exact same background. Her family ended up being killed by a superhero, but then she was like, no, I need to be in school and trying to change things from the inside and trying to like inject some goodness into these students' lives and actually teach them that they can use their powers for good. Yeah, I still liked her character quite a bit, too. The only thing I didn't like about it, and this is going to, I think, be a good
0: uh, lead in to kind of talking about maybe some of our favorite main characters and the other arcs that they each have. Um, yeah, the only thing that bugged me wasn't her death, but it was like the editing of right before it, because there was that really scary scene where she like shows up to talk to Kate. Kate is already now aware of the control that Shetty has had over her for most of her life. But then it's like this intriguing scene where it seems like Shetty is actually able able to sway her back to her side. And they're going to kind of like run off together, so to yeah. speak. And then that scene ends with Kate being on board. And then the next time we see them is like the rest of our characters running into Shetty's house. And I guess maybe Kate didn't really feel that way or she was lying. Or maybe there was a scene cut because that, that following scene is where she kills her. Uh, so Yeah. Like when it came to like the ending of Shetty's character, I liked the arc, but I was like are we missing a scene here? I don't love how they're handling this weird. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it stuck out to me.
1: There was a few weird editing moments like that. Like the reveal halfway through that they had to forget everything. I thought was a cool reveal, but the way it was shot and then like edited to just, they're in the middle of a fight and then they all wake up and they are like, where are we? That was a weird cut. And then even the cut with Emma at the end, crying herself to get small. I didn't understand what was happening there. So I actually had to look that up after. I was like, what happened to her character? Cause I thought, It was another thing of like her forgetting or something like that.
0: Yeah, it wasn't perfect. Uh, There, there was definitely some weirdness, but uh, yeah. So kind of jumping off that, I mean, what do you want to talk about in regards to like our main, like young characters here? Because every single one of them has like some arc to a degree. I mean, probably like the most overt ones, like we have already kind of alluded to, is Kate going from who's. I thought this was a cool intentional thing, um, introducing a a to like a telekinetic character like that who felt like she's this, the boy's analog for, like, Professor X, but then by the end she becomes Magneto, who's, like, going to kill not just uh, the people that oppose her, but, like, she's taking it to the level of we have to kill all of humans because that's, like, where she's gotten to over the course of this season. It's not enough to just, you know, take out the people that, like, are savage and directly oppose soups. We have to take out everybody that isn't us for kind of that evolution which is kind of the same arc that sam goes on a little bit uh he also has maybe justified reasons because we see kind of his upbringing in the woods and how terrible that is so you can't i guess fault him to some degree of like wanting to like hurt humans because he only knows the feeling of being hurt by humans so what do you think about like those arcs and like any of the other characters in their arcs as well
1: Yeah, with sam i really liked when he got to see his life, if he could have been surrounded by other superheroes because he actually got to have fun for a little bit, and you can tell that made a big impact on his character. he then of course ends up at a rally and gets a little radicalized, but everything yeah. before that I thought was fun um I thought that Andre and his father relationship had a lot of potential but kind of got lost because the idea of you know he has a father who almost made it to the seven and has a lot of pressure on him that w- could be really cool to explore in this world I mean just kind of there wasn't just enough time to get into that um, and then I did really enjoy the romance between Marie and Jordan as well.
0: Me too. Yeah, I like their chemistry quite a bit as well. Uh, Yeah, just very cute. (laughs) I think maybe that fit a bit better into kind of like a more young adult college setting. That was fun to watch play out Um, as opposed to like the classic boys thing of like, oh, I guess in this episode, Huey and Starlight hate each other. But in the next one, they love each other again. Yeah. (laughs) Dang it. Another episode has gone by. We hate each other.
1: It's like, okay. so I I like something like this a bit more from a romance subplot. I did like Tua Jordan, they were just seeking to be accepted in this universe, and that's why they were so loyal to Brink. And then when they find that acceptance in Marie and, and their relationship, I, like, I liked that for that character, and I thought it made them a more compelling character as we were able to look past some of the stuff that they may have overlooked and became like really loyal and that relationship kind of became solidified by the end of the show. I also thought it
0: was a cool choice to not like constantly show them like physically switching. It was cool that we might just walk into a scene and they're maybe... In their male form, or then, like, just in the net, like, randomly in the next scene, maybe they'll switch just based on maybe comfortability. So, I thought that was cool. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm also with you on the Andre storyline. I think Andre is definitely the character that gets maybe the least interesting stuff to do throughout the season. And I think lost is the right word, like you said. I mean, that was such an interesting storyline. It just is unfortunate that it does get lost by the end. Um, I am excited, however, to see more of him in the future. Um, I thought the dynamic between him and Kate was interesting. Ties into the X-Men thing I already mentioned. You know, he has like the powers to manipulate metal uh, and she's uh, like a telekinetic. So it's like it was kind of a Professor X uh, Magneto dynamic. And so based on their powers, you were like, well, is he going to become the bad guy? But then it was like a fun switch by the end. Um, I'm curious what they'll do with him in the future. And I do like the continued storylines in this universe, similar with um, A-Train, that effects of maybe it's like a combination of like compound V in your body as well as just continued use of powers over time, can actually kill you. We saw that with A-Train. The more he like uses his powers, he's actually slowly killing himself. And they also revealed in this season with polarity, uh, the more he uses his powers, he seems to have developed um, a tumor, I believe they said. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's sick and potentially going to die soon. So. But now his dad is like, even on like his deathbed, he's like still pushing on to Andre, you know, you have to be better than me. Um, like, he, so he, he wants him to be good, but he's also like still pushing kind of like, here's the suit, take it and do what you can with it. But it's like, but I, I mean, I, I'm going to die, too. And like, it was nice to see Andre feel conflicted about that. So I'm curious where they might play with that in the future with him.
1: And I took that conversation with his father as his father was saying, I am not perfect, but I did what I did to protect my family. And I stayed loyal to Vought. And it almost seemed to me like he was saying, you need to, it's your turn now. You have to just stay loyal to Vought and do what you can to protect your family, too. Like, I, I didn't think his father was telling him, like, go out and do good. Oh, you're I think right. his father right. was telling him, like, go out and do what Vought needs you to do to survive. That's true. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, we'll see. Another character
0: that I guess, I mean, could easily pop up. Well, I guess not. maybe not season four of The Boys because he's locked in, like, some weird, nondescript <laughs> jail cell by the end. But that's a character that I, I could see pop up in The Boys very easily because of the connections to Polarity in The Seven. So we'll see what they do with him. Down the line, um and they also had a fun dynamic of like it turns out like his father knew about the woods this whole time, and I thought the woods just as a concept was really fucking scary. Having this like basically like all these superheroes are allowed to go to God, you, but then there's this secret underground version where well, hold on, if you're too powerful, <laughs> then we're we're gonna lock you up, up the, like experiment on you, torture you, see if we what we can do to maybe boost, enhance, or whatever with your powers. But yeah. if you're under Shetty's watch, you might actually be. Like a guinea pig testing wise to see what a superhero virus can do, uh, <laughs> with the effects of putting it in one person and then watching it spread to others and they all gruesomely die. So the woods was just very scary. And um, one of my favorite little, um, like, connections to the boys—it might have been like my favorite—just reference was I don't know if you if you caught it, but like in like Sam, I guess, because Sam also has hallucinations, which were like kind of fun to watch them play with that. But like in his little jail cell, like in the slit in the door. Like his view is of kind of like, I mean, it's the woods. It's kind of like a a, a tree. But did you also notice that there was like kind of like um, there was animals in there and they were like cartoon animals, the ones that looked like Black Noir's hallucinations in season three. So I think they were kind of subtly saying that the reason Black Noir's hallucinations were these like furry cartoon creatures is probably because he was locked up and tortured in the woods at some point as well. It's like, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think of kind of the woods as a concept? Is there anything that we missed there?
1: I think you nailed it. The woods is very scary. The other thing that stood out to me too is it is an interesting like extension of Vat's origins from being a, a Nazi scientist in Germany that created this and was doing terrible experiments. Then you know came to the U.S. and got accepted because of his compound. Um, just the idea that still these very scary labs where terrible things are happening to people continues into modern day and is still connected to Vat. Like just that pervasiveness of. Their ideology and their origins, like, as even with trying to undo some of the work, it still turned into this, like, nasty, gross thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. I honestly, I'd kind of forgotten about some of the Vought um, background. That was kind of focused on in season two a lot, right? With Stormfront yeah, and all with that? Stormfront. Yeah. That's really interesting. I didn't even really make that connection because I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, VOD just gets scarier with the more of these like seasons and shows that come out. <laughs> Ugh. Not so humble beginnings, you might say. But now they're like the biggest thing in the world and nobody knows about that or cares that like it was founded by, like Nazi Germany.
1: <laughs> and the Woods plays a huge role in the finale. Uh, I did want to touch on that a bit because, you know, you have the team dividing and, and separating over who's going to do what in the finale and, and how far they're going to take things. I think it did get lost for me on everyone's goals and motivations because everybody wants to stop shetty and the woods but then when kate decides to let everyone out that causes a split with the team and so i I was getting confused on like what does marie and andre and emma want everybody's motivations got a little jumbled for me at the end
0: yeah i'm i'm with you on that like even down to like the character arcs like i mentioned i really enjoyed kate's character and her arc overall made sense but i think it was a little too um heavy towards maybe like the final two episodes. So it is quite a jump. And same thing with Sam. He kind of does like a little like flip of the switch, maybe like the last two episodes. So they definitely become very villainous characters very quickly. So even like that motivation is like, you kind of have to go, oh, okay, I'm along for the ride, I guess. But yeah, in regards to what you're talking about with
1: that. Cause I did understand pretty clearly what Kate and Sam wanted. Yeah. They wanted to they just let everyone. them out and yeah, kill everyone. But then at the same time, like Marie and everyone else is also trying to stop the woods. And so it like in the finale, if you just look at it in a vacuum, It looks like they're fighting to keep the people in the woods, like they're fighting Kate and Sam to stop this from happening. So that got lost for me.
0: Yeah. And it was like, you know, Jordan, Emma, Andre and Marie, like they're kind of going into like, we're not going to kill anybody. Like we're not obviously aren't going to kill humans. None of us want to do that. And we're not going to kill other soups. But the only soups that they would be killing in this instance would be the ones released from the woods. Yeah, I and we do Which see them tough. kill some of them, so you understand why they might do that. But they're also not out to kill um, Sam or Kate. They want to like talk to them. So I'm kind of with you on that getting a little bit kind of muddled. And I think kind of maybe the most comical. It was intentional, so I liked it. But I mean, it it is comical when Homelander comes down and he attacks Marie because she's like. What kind of animal are you attacking your own kind? And then, like, I mean, for the past, like, 40 minutes, we watched Sam and Kate also do that. They're also killing superheroes. So I, it, it's, it's stupid and ironic. But, but it, the reason why it works is because it's Homelander saying that, who also loves killing superheroes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I liked kind of um, the hypocrisy of it. But I'm totally with you. I mean, it, it's just funny in some good ways, but maybe some bad ways, too, because Sam and Kate, it's, if they were, like, only killing the humans, like the teachers that were there and, like, our team has to stop them, that would be one thing. Um, but they're not doing that. They released people from the woods who are also killing soups at the school. So it's kind of a it, – it, it's it's odd. Yeah, I, I kinda, I'm kind of with you there.
1: And I also I, – I was expecting Homelander to join in on the murdering of all the humans I, I there. I thought he might. <laughs> yeah,
0: but they held back um, and instead – I mean what, what was your take whenever he like lasered her and then our good uh, team of four wake up in this cell that like – doesn't look like it has a door like I mean was your take that this is Vought related like did Homelander kind of like take them all away and they're all being watched by Vought is there a chance that like this is related to the boys like maybe good people like I don't know like I mean what was your take in that final scene like is this a good place for them to be they don't seem scared yet while they're in there they just seem happy that all four of them are awake and presumably okay or is this like Vought potentially like a bad thing that they're there
1: I think it's Vought related because it got totally lost but The doctor that was doing all of the experiments at one point in the show does say, I want Marie. She's the key to everything. She's got more power than she knows. So I think there's more to Marie's powers than meets the eye. It also is interesting that she can survive a blast from Homelander because we haven't seen a lot of people do that in the show either. But I do think they are locked up in a bot facility.
0: So I guess with that, we've kind of already touched on it. Maybe there's not a whole lot more to say, but... Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you're from this season, season one of Gen V, that you're excited to see in the boys season four? And I guess maybe then to add on to that, is there anything in particular for like Gen V season two that would come, I guess, after the boys season four that you're hoping they continue from this season?
1: I actually don't know if I want a Gen V season two because I'm not sure where we go from here. I would be more excited to see these characters naturally fall into the voice show and become main or side characters there. I just think like from a world building, I just, I don't know what else we would do with the Gen V season two. Um, Also watch it. Of course, I I know it's been greenlit for a season two. Um, In terms of what I'm excited to see pop up in the boys season four, I'm really excited to see the continuation of the Newman storyline. I think she is just slowly building and building to become one of the scariest characters in this show. And now that she has this virus, I'm excited to see what she does with it. And then I, I think it'll be cool to see how Our four college students that we've met in this show end up interacting with the seven and the boys and all the people we know from the main show, too.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I'm kind of with you. I I was surprised, actually, when I saw them that they had greenlit for season two. I don't know why. But then by the time I finished watching it, I was excited. I think it's a case for me of like, I'm excited to see the storylines from the show continue into the boys' main show. But like I said at the top, it's like it was such a confident season. and. I'm sure in large part because they've already done three seasons of the boys, but it's like, do I, I don't really know like what storyline they would continue from here in a yeah, season two, exactly. because they'll probably do that in the boy season four. But I guess boy season four could then introduce stuff that maybe would then make more sense for Gen V season two. I guess what I'm getting at is like, I guess I'm, ex- I'm excited for these storylines to pop into the main show, but I, because I really enjoy most of these characters, I would be down for a season two that just like largely only focuses on them. Like, it'll be cool to probably see Sam and Kate in Boy season four, but it's probably not going to be like a whole lot of screen time. So I'm excited to get like a potential season two where it just kind of focuses on these characters that we already like. And maybe we don't know what that storyline will be yet because maybe we have to watch the boys season four to understand what this crew will be up to. But I'm actually like now that I have finished this season, I'm a lot more excited for the potential of a season two, even though I don't know what it would be about.
1: Or maybe a Gen V season two is a whole new cast of characters. or so maybe, maybe there's another university or or maybe there's another way to do that. Like maybe you just continue this like university theme. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that working. Do you think Huey's going to be grossed out by Marie's blood powers? Probably. That could be funny. <laughs> Every <laughs> time she has to use them, he just passes out. <laughs> oh, do man. you think she'll get to a point where like she can just do what Newman does and not have to like cut her body open? Maybe because in the finale, she kind of learned that
0: ability to kind of sense people like via their blood. Like, yeah, was kind with of the cool translucent with, like, guy. Translucent son, she was able to like sense him kind of. So she's definitely organically growing her powers, and that was kind of a cool thing that we saw throughout the season. Like we saw like some characters like learn new ways to use their powers, which was kind of cool. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Maria gets to that point. I mean, we don't know what Newman's powers used to look like. I mean, when she was first starting to use them, like how did that manifest? So I'm guessing we'll get more with like Maria Newman stuff and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. Cause yeah, where do we? It's like the big like mid credit scene of the boy season four, just like popping back into the cell, checking in. It's just like <laughs> we're going. We'll see you in season two. Like I don't know, but I'm excited to see what they might do with that. Um, but regardless, yes, Huey probably will be sick most of the time.
1: I was also wondering, like with the reveal of Newman and Marie, the only time we've seen characters have the same powers, I believe, is when they're family. Um, yeah, and and she was like, "Your powers are very rare." And so I was like, well, is there just like a set list of what you potentially get from Compound V? Because I don't think we've ever seen characters not related have the same powers. Or it's like it's
0: somehow, if there's a connection, because whenever like Huey took Temp Compound V, like he manifested A-Train's powers basically. Is that because he had like such this like powerful hatred for A-Train because he killed his ex-girlfriend? Like, so maybe when he took, You know, Compound V, he got those powers. And I guess you could even make an argument that to a degree, that's what happened with Butcher, too. I mean, he got super strength and heat vision. Like, I don't think he could fly, but he basically got Homelander's powers. So maybe if there's like some like strong connection with someone, you take Compound V. So maybe it sounded like Newman had been keeping an eye on Marie for a long time. So like maybe was it even going further back to like before? I guess I don't know. We don't know when Marie took Compound V. Or if she was like a natural birth, I can't remember. But it's possible that Newman was in control of that the whole time. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, because I think her parents, like she was one of the ones where her parents just gave her Compound V as a baby.
0: Yeah, I think that sounds right.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: So maybe Newman had something to do with that. We still don't really fully know how, I guess, Compound V works in that way. I don't know.
1: Yeah, lots of questions for season four of The Boys.
0: Yeah, and I'm excited to answer them. I'm excited to find out. Uh, but yeah, with that, we'll be back to talk more of The Boys when Season 4 comes out next year. But before we close out this episode on Gen V Season 1, let's do some Arnie's Podcast Awards, Austin. Part of our show, we take something positive, negative, or something in between from the thing that we just talked about. It just has to be something that we feel is deserved of an award. So, what you got today?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to give the RIP award. Uh, and the star our boy, Dusty. It seems like this is just a, a superhero who's stuck in a child's body. He's actually 28. He doesn't go to class. He just throws insane frat parties. And that's kind of, you know, he may be the most harmless superhero we've met in this show. I don't think he actually did anything sketchy. So I just feel, you know, RIP to Dusty. He just wanted to party and instead he got destroyed by a lightning bolt in Kate's mind. So RIP Dusty.
0: Yeah, I don't even think any of the characters like address that when they wake up either. Like, wouldn't Dusty's like dead body just be like right next to them? (laughs) Like, I don't really address (laughs) it. They just leave. (laughs) So that was kind of goofy. Well, I think, Austin, you can appreciate my award here. I know it's passionate to you. And my award, it doesn't have an official title. It's very specific. And I guess I'll just call it. The award where we spent way too much money on all of these cameos, including Carl uh, Urban for five seconds, that we couldn't afford some of the things we actually needed, which is like hair dye for only. <laughs> so, <laughs> if they had one less cameo, maybe they could have afforded the good hair dye. So it's, it's deserved of an award. It, it happens. It happens when you have all these cameos. It, it, it's natural.
1: We do have to give uh, the creepy pee-pee award too to the roofie superhero as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Did not like him. Did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you don't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts really does help us out. At the Arnie's, is our social, and the Media is the website. We'll be back not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after, because of uh, Thanksgiving next week. We're going to uh, take some time off, so that'll be fun. So we'll see you the week after.
1: We're all going to get together and give thanks that we don't live in the boys' universe and have to be scared of Homelander. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs>
0: if you're a human or a superhero in the boys' universe, you, it's it's still just as likely that you'll you'll die gruesomely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and keep in mind, we also do want to hear from you, so please message us on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us to arniesmedia.gmail.com at gmail.com. What did you think of Gen V Season 1? How do you think this will tie into the boys' season 4? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Hope you
0: enjoyed this one. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving next week, and we'll see you after. Peace.
1: Think Brink.